Listen, um, you know, uh, I got some bad news, though. Summer's over. Summer's over. Now, I know not technically by the calendar we got some time, but I define summer by when my, when my kids are out of school, right? And so summer's over. Muscle Shoals went back last week. Uh, Brooks, where my son goes, he, he starts this coming week. So summer's over, which means vacations are over. But the good thing is a lot of us, we were able to get away this year, right? Had a lot of vacationers. If you got away, like if you were a day tripper, like you just did some day trips, raise your hand. How many people got a day trip in? How many people went, uh, went to a resort? You went to a Disney, Gatlingburg. Uh, how many people did the cruise? I heard a lot of people doing cruises this year. How many people went on a cruise for vacation? Let's see, what else do we got? Uh, beach. How many people went to the beach? Yeah, come on, give it up for the beach. Ain't nothing like some uh, sand-like powdered sugar through your toes and the, and the clear waves rolling on your face. Come on, somebody. Love beach vacations. All the vacations, day vacations, resort vacations, city vacations, beach vacations. How many people are broke? Yeah. You know what, man? Because here's the thing. We will go and we'll pay big dollars. We will pay, you know, four or $5,000 for a family vacation because even though it's expensive, here's why we will pay that kind of money is because we think it has value right? What really makes it valuable to us is, uh, is not just that it's a vacation. Not every vacation is worth three, four, five thousand dollars 5000 right? It depends on who you're with and it depends on where you're going. So a vacation, we think it's worth it. While it's expensive to go to the beach and spend a week, especially if you have a wife who likes to shop and two older daughters, come on, I come home baroque, uh, right? We think it's worth it because we get to go hang out at the beach. We get to watch beautiful sunsets. We get to hear the waves roll and get some relaxation. And we get to spend time with family, right? So it's all this idea that, right, we're willing to, to pay this price because we think it just has value. Some of us, man, we face the challenge like, uh, like I face. I don't know if you guys experience this. When you're planning your vacation, especially at the beach, you're trying to decide, do you want beach side or beach view? I want beachside until I find out how much it costs, and then I get beach view. Like, I'll carry my chairs an extra block and save $1,000. Because while I think it's worth it to go on vacation, I don't know if it's worth it to stay beachfront. Come on, somebody. So, right, it's this whole idea. When I talk about this idea of cost and value, here's what I want you to know is cost is what you pay, value is what you get. Cost is what you pay, value is what you get. Cost is your investment, value is your return. Cost is what you give, value is what you get in return, right? Now, life is all about, about this idea. Life is all about uh, what we can get. Life is all about giving and receiving. Life is all about cost and value, right? I mean, think about it. Like our life, we live our life that way, um, like I can give you a couple examples. You know, you think about uh, there are people who spend literally uh, millions of dollars on artwork, something I wouldn't pay $5 for in a, in a yard sale, right? Some people will spend tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, for me, I won't pay the price, but they see value that I don't see. I'll give you another one. How about clothes? Come on, man. Like some of us, we are all about who the name is on our label. We're all about you know, we're about the Versace, we're about the Rolex, we're about the Supreme, we're about the Nike, we're about the bed stew. Come on, somebody. Like, wow, we only need a $10, $10 shirt to cover our skin. We'll pay for a $100 shirt because it's got somebody's name on it, right? We see value. It's not just the price. We're willing to pay a higher price because we think it has value. We think it adds value to us. I know I was at, uh, at a conference this past week, and my son and I, we were there together, and this speaker gets up to speak, and 
He's this kind of hipster preacher from the West Coast, and I'm watching him, like we're way up in the nosebleed section, and I'm watching him preach, and I'm not listening to what he says right now, like the way some of you guys do to me sometimes, because I'm, I'm watching what he has on. I'm trying to figure out his shirt, and I figure out he has his shirt on backwards, like it's buttoned up down the back, and he's got the words on the front. And I had to figure that he did it on purpose, and I just wasn't cool enough to figure that out yet. So I was almost going to wear mine backwards because I figured it out. But so I looked over at my son and I'm like, because he knows, like, he knows what's going on. And I was like, what's going on with the, what that cat has on? He's like, Dad, that's like a $3,000 outfit. Like, that's a supreme shirt, supreme jeans, and supreme shoes. And I'm like, yeah, I'm out on that value, right? I'm out. So again, it's this idea of cost and value. I would say it this way for us. We understand this. Probably a better way to understand cost and value of invest and return, of giving and getting, is this. We ask this question, like a lot of life, a lot of the decisions we make is best on the, based on the question, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is what I'm doing, how I'm living, the decisions I'm making, what I'm purchasing, what I'm buying, is it worth it? Cost and value. Everybody ask that question. Come on, shout. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? I'll give you a great example everybody in this room can relate to, right? A couple weeks ago, it's... Uh, it's about 10:30 at night, and uh, we find out we're out of milk. No moo juice in the husky household. No good. So, you know, uh, we live out in Center Star, so I drive to the local convenience store, right? Walk in, it is six dollars for a gallon of milk. Now I'm just telling you, the cost, six dollars, that seems like a lot of money, but let me tell you, it was worth it. Because otherwise, I'd have to have driven into town and gone to Walmart. And I'll pay $6 to stay out of Walmart every day. Come on, somebody. So again, while $6 might seem like a, a high cost, the value of having convenience, the value of just going around the corner and getting a gallon of milk, it's worth it to pay more. It's cost and return. It's cost and value. It's the question. Come on, say it one more time. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? So right today, as we step into the last week of this series, we started several weeks ago, God at the Box Office. Man, this has been such a great series. Can, man, you guys give it up for my staff that's worked hard to do all this and our band and production, man, they have killed it. You know, we've gone through this series, and if you're new here today, we've been looking at some of the movies that are popular in culture and pulling out some of the themes that have these spiritual ideas of what it means to be a Christ follower and a God person and we, we found out some faith issues, and so it's been a really tremendous series. Today, we're going to end this series looking at one of, the incredible, uh, one of the incredible franchises out there, and that's Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is, um, came out in June 1981. I was 10 years old when Raiders of the Lost Ark came out. It's a four-movie franchise, right? Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then the Temple of Doom, and then the Last Crusade, and then they bombed on the most recent one. Probably some of you younger ones probably seen this, right? The, who knows, Crystal Skulls. What? Someone needs to get, you know, out of directing or whatever. But these four movies, but man, they're really some cool movies overall. How many people seen all the movies? How many people seen all the, how many people seen just one of the Indiana movies? So again, man, these are really cool movies because what makes them incredible movies is this action hero by the name of Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, he's kind of, what makes him really cool is because he's this treasure seeker action hero who wears a fedora. Come on, somebody with a fedora. If I could wear a fedora, if I could pull it off, I would wear one, but I do not have a hat head. Like some of my staff, Pastor Adam, he's got a hat head. Pastor Ryan, Pastor AJ, they wear hats and their cool factor goes up. I wear a hat and people start taking my lunch money, so I don't, I don't do hats. 
But Indiana Jones, right, he wears this fedora. He carries a revolver and a whip. Listen, if you can roll with a revolver and a whip, you're the man. And so we watch Indiana Jones through all of these movies, man. And he's, it's like all four of these, they're really all the same idea. It is a, it is a cost and value series. Indiana Jones is a cost and value series. And here's what I mean is you watch this guy riding on planes that are questionable, riding on trains on the edges of mountains that are about to tip off. He's getting in fights, in sword fights, and he's, he's swinging over lava, and he's dropping into pits of vipers. And you would say, who in the world would do all that? Well, he's chasing treasure. And so while it's a high cost to chase the treasure, he believes the treasure that he's chasing is worth the chase. Right, and so we identify. We watch Indiana Jones, and we identify with this guy because, man, we personally, we identify with action and risk and sacrifice and pursuing treasure in this life, and there's, so, there's something in us that resonates with this action hero, Indiana Jones. And so, again, it's this cost and value series. In fact, we figure out that Indiana Jones, he says it's worth it. It's worth it to pursue the treasure. And so the question I want us to tackle today for a few minutes is this is would you risk your life for lost treasure? Would you risk your life for lost treasure? Well, probably if we could have that conversation one-on-one, we would first of all have to ask the question, well, how much is the treasure worth? Like, are we talking about like a little gold basic ring or are we talking about like the Ark of the Covenant? You know, what are we talking about? What is it worth? And every one of us in this room, while the price tag is always the same, we individually have to decide, is it worth it? Come on, everybody shout that, is it worth it? We have to decide, is it worth it, what we're looking for? This question, this question, would you risk your life for lost treasure, is really a very similar question that Jesus asked. In fact, he asked it several different ways that he imposes it to people who are following him and people that are asking him questions. He doesn't just pose it as a question, but he makes it a really clear statement to his disciples. In fact, he says things like this. There's a guy that runs up to him, this guy that had all this wealth and all this worldly treasure. And he runs up and he asks Jesus, hey, Jesus, what do I have to do? What's the price for eternal life? What do I need to do to get eternal life? And Jesus answers him. He says, go sell everything you have and come and follow me. And the Bible tells us in this story, man, that this young, rich ruler, man, he leaves sad. You know why? Because he didn't see the value in the price that he had to pay. He didn't think it was worth it to lose everything to follow Jesus. Jesus looks at us and he says things like this. He says, if you want to be my disciple, then you got to lose everything you have. And it's like Jesus kind of keeps pushing this narrative and pushing this agenda that like this idea of knowing Christ and living for God and walking in a relationship with our creator, that it has this really high price, but he wants us to understand that it's worth it. While it's costly to love God and know God and serve God in this world, it is always worth it. In fact, he gives us this parable in Matthew chapter 13 where he kind of lays this down and helps us to process this idea of cost and value. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, he says this. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. And in his excitement, he hid it again and sold, come on, how much? Everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. And again, what Jesus, the point he's making and what he's trying to get us to process is he's trying to get us to answer this question. Jesus is saying, am I worth it? Am I worth the sacrifice? What are you willing to pay? What are you willing to give to know me? 
What are you willing to let go of? What are you willing to sacrifice to be in a relationship with me? Because we find out that sometimes in life, there are things that we are living with and living in, and there are things that are a part of our life that are mutually exclusive to a life with God. And sometimes we have to choose which one we're going to pursue, which one we're going to have, and which one we're going to go after. And so what Jesus is saying is like, there's going to be times where the price to follow me is really high, but he's trying to get us to understand that it is always worth it. Come on, it's always worth it. When you step into the story of Indiana Jones, one of the things that's really um, is not a highlight of the movie, but we find out through different snippets and background stories, is that Indiana Jones is really the alter ego of this guy by the name of Dr. Jones or Professor Jones. And the reason that's important is because this guy, Indiana Jones, he's not out just randomly hoping he bumps into some treasure. Like he's been doing his research. He's an archaeologist. He knows what's out there and he knows where to look, which when it lines up to our spiritual journey, I'd say this way, before we can be treasure seekers, we need to be treasure students. God has made it available to us to find out what is available in him. Every time we show up on a Sunday morning, every time we get into the Word together, every time you read your Bible at home, every time you do your devotions, you know what you're doing? You're being a treasure student. You're finding out what is in Christ, what is in a relationship, what's available to us as God followers. Come on. God has riches available, not just earthly riches, but something this world could never measure that's available to people who are willing to follow Christ. In fact, Paul said it this way. Paul said in Romans 11:33. He said, oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. Right? Indiana Jones, he was an educated seeker. He knew what to look for. There's a show on TV. I don't know if y'all seen it. I think it might have went off last year. Um, A couple of these rednecks with metal detectors. I can say that because we're in the South, right? Is that okay? If you're offended, it's because you might be one. But they have metal detectors, and I'm watching this show, and these guys travel all over the world, and they're on Civil War scenes, and, you know, they're over in the UK, and they're, I mean, traveling and finding, like, crazy riches, and I'm amazed watching it. Like, I think, wow, these guys, in fact, I'm sitting with my laptop on my lap, like, I'm on Amazon, baby. I'm trying to find me a metal detector, right? (laughs) But these guys, it's not just the metal detector. They just don't have, they just don't have the ability to search. They know where to search. Right, because they're treasure students before they're treasure seekers. They know where to look before they go look. And I want everybody to know something. Every time we spend time in God's words, he's letting us know what's available with him, that there is enemy with Christ. Like God is not a God that's way up there somewhere that's disconnected from his creation. He's a God that's with us and in us and through us, and he's available to us, and you can know him, and he can know you, and you can walk with him, and that's something that's available. That's riches that this world can never offer. It's not just God with us. It's God. Come on through us. Like when I read the Bible and I find out what it means to live this life, what God can do through my life, that I can make an impact and an influence. Anybody in this world just don't want to live and breathe and one day die. You want to be a world changer. You want to be a life shaker for Jesus. That's available. You got to read it. You got to be a treasure student before you're a treasure seeker. You got to find out, man, every time you read. Not just what's available with God and what's available through God, what's available by God. Like there's so much stuff that this world can never answer for you, can never fix for you, can never change for you. And man, when you open up the pages of God's story for us, when you open up the treasure book and you find what's available and what's promised, like there's some of you in this room, man, and you're struggling with addiction and you're trying to find out how to overcome it. 
And like you've gone to the rehab and you've been to the meetings and something like just hasn't clicked yet and then you find out that Jesus is the one who breaks the chain, that Jesus is the one that sets the captive free. And man, sometimes we wrestle with our marriages and some of us in this room or you're watching online and your marriage is on the brink of divorce and you've talked to counselors and then you open up the pages of the treasure book and you find out that God has restoration available, that God has forgiveness available. Sometimes we don't know what to do in this world and God says, I've got wisdom available. Some of us feel overwhelmed and tired and about to tap out in life and God says, I've got strength available. Come on, is anybody with me? We gotta be a treasure student before we're a treasure seeker and find out that everything God has is available to us. In fact, Paul said it this way. Paul said that, that faith, faith comes by hearing God's word. Like this expectation is built in us that the more we open the book, the more we hear the story, the more we engage in preaching, the more we do our devotions, the more our expectation of what's out there and what we can find. That is, we're treasure students. Here's the deal, man. Ultimately, it sets us up to be a treasure seeker, right? Revelation drives passion. Listen, when you come in here and you sit through a message, I hope you just don't go out and go hang out and eat some, eat some hot wings at, at Buffalo Wild Wings and, and check it in, check the box and say, I've been there, done that. I hope you leave with an expectation, man, that I found out what God has available for me and I'm going to go out and seek the treasure that I heard about. Come on, somebody. But see, that's the, that's the breaking point for Indiana Jones. That's what separates, honestly, an Indiana Jones from a lot of us in this room. Is he's not just a learner. He's a liver. He doesn't just talk about it. He's out doing it. Like a lot of us will sit down with our popcorn and watch the adventure. A lot of us will show up and hear the Bible story and listen about the adventure. But man, what God's called us to do is not just be a treasure student. God wants us to be a treasure seeker. God wants us to go out and live this journey, walk this faith, like engage in this thing. Are y'all with me today? Like what would happen if you believe that God had something great for your life, for our relationship with them? See, because here's the crazy thing, man. There's a lot of really smart, educated, spiritual people in churches. We're not doing, with any, we're not doing anything with what we learned. Like think about this. Some of you... Maybe this is your first time in church or maybe you're new to church, but some of us in this room who've been in church for a minute, think about this. Think about how many messages you've heard in your life. Some of you, man, hundreds, maybe even thousands of sermons. And man, we've been hearing about the treasure and we can talk about it. Like if somebody asks us the question, hey, tell me about tithing, tell me about giving, tell me about generosity, like we can quote the scriptures, Malachi 3, Luke 7, like we can tell the whole story, what it looks like. We don't give, we're not generous, but we can tell the story. Like we can talk about serving, that Jesus, we can quote the scripture, that Jesus, the son of man didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Like we can come and we can talk about those scriptures, but we're not serving, we're sitting. We're not contributors. We're just showing up, man, and we're just being a part of the audience. So again, man, it's way too many of us in this room, man, that we've heard the treasure available, but not enough of us are going after it. And you know why? Because sometimes, man, the price is high to get what God has for us. In fact, there's a lot of really cool lines in the Indiana Jones series. And one of the, one of the key lines is found in the first movie where we find Indiana Jones, he's on pursuit, and he's got like this typical treasure map. And you know on every treasure map, what's on every treasure map? There's an X, because X does what? Marks the spot. But he says this, contrary to what we just said, he says this, um, every X doesn't mark the spot. What he's saying is like, I know there's a treasure available, and I know about where it is, but sometimes it's not always really easy to find. And what God has for you, 
what God has for us in our relationship with Christ, what God has for us as we live with God and walk with God and walk in our relationship with God. God is saying, man, sometimes while it's accessible, sometimes it's not always easy. In fact, Jeremiah 29, here's what God says. God says, and you will seek me and find me. Come on, everybody here, read this. When you search for me with all of your heart. He's saying, like, why is God playing hard to get? God's not playing hard to get. He's playing the cost and value game. He's saying, are, are, you, are you willing to pay the price to find me? Am I worth it to look for? I don't know if anybody here has ever played hide and go seek with your kids when they're little kids. Worst thing you can do is not go look for them. Daddy, you want to go play hide and go seek? Yeah, go hide, Daddy. Come looking for you. Listen, you'll crush that kid if you don't go looking for him. But you know why you go looking for him? Because you, you love them. What God is saying is, man, when you're willing to pay the price to pursue me and follow me and love me and find me, God says, I'm not playing hard to get. I just want to know how bad you are, how much you want to find me. But I want you to know something. It is worth the price. It's worth it to find Christ. It's worth it to pursue Christ. It's worth it to live for Christ. It's worth it. In fact, you step back into the parable, Matthew 13. Listen to what he says. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. There it is, guys. The gospel, the kingdom of heaven. It's a treasure. It has a value you can't put a price tag on. And he says that a man discovered hidden in a field. Here's the crazy thing about what Jesus is telling us. Is that it's not enough to learn about it. You got to go looking for it. And nobody can discover it but you. I can't discover what God has for you. I can't discover for you a relationship with God. I can't discover for you the voice of God. I can't discover for you the strength of God. Like, you got to discover that for yourself. Like, your dad might have been a deacon and your granddaddy might have been a preacher somewhere. Listen, you might have brothers and sisters who are passionate for God, but you got to discover for yourself what's available in Christ. You have to discover on your own the riches. And when you find out who Jesus is and how madly in love he is with you and the price that he paid for you and what he's made available to you, listen, what we find out is that it's worth it to pay the price. Here's the price. That in his excitement, once he found the treasure... In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. What Jesus, again, this picture that he's painting in cost and value is that the kingdom's worth it. Knowing God is worth it. Following Jesus is worth it. And some of us in this room, if we're honest today, man, sometimes we bump up against the challenge and we just ask, like we may not like physically ask the question, but sometimes we bump up against it like, is it really worth it? Like, am I willing to sacrifice this relationship? Am I willing to walk away from this career? Am I willing to let go of this thing? Because sometimes we can't have both. And Jesus is trying to drive the value of the kingdom. He's hoping we will understand that, man, what he offers and who he is and what he's done, that it is worth it. That when you are stuck with, am I willing to pay the price? You'll understand the value is worth it. Sometimes we underestimate the cost of things. Come on, it's cost and value. Sometimes the cost is way more than the price tag, right? I was on vacation this past, uh, this past summer with my family, and we walked in a beach store. You know those beach stores that are like every other store? And so we walked in a beach store, and they had turtles for sale. So my son, out of the blue, he decides he wants a turtle. Dad, will you buy me a turtle? And then he says this, it's only $5. Now, listen, 
That might be what the price tag is, but I'm telling you, listen, man, sometimes we underestimate the cost of things. Because immediately when my son asked for a turtle, I fast-forwarded three weeks in my mind of what the true price of that turtle was going to be, and it was way more than $5. Because in order to get a turtle, first of all, it's not just a $5 turtle, it's a $25 terrarium. I got that word first service, I sounded smart, so I dropped it. You got to buy a terrarium, and you can't just use rocks out of the backyard. You got to use special rocks, and you got to put all these rocks in. And so once you actually get the turtle home, you don't have a $5 turtle. You got like a $50 turtle. And then I fast-forwarded in my mind three weeks, and here's what I found out, that there would be some point in the future that I'd have this conversation with my son. Son, Franklin, because that's the turtle's name. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Franklin the turtle. Like Franklin, he's been handling his business in his little terrarium for three weeks now, starting to smell up the house. Son, I need you to clean out the turtle terrarium. Dad, I can't. I got basketball practice. Dad, I'll do it tomorrow. So the next day, son, you have to clean out Franklin's home because he's starting to stink up our home. It's him or me. Someone's got to go. And I realized three three weeks in the future from the moment that he asked for it, that I would be the one in the backyard with the hose cleaning out Franklin's terrarium. And I said, no, the price was too high. It wasn't $5. It was a lifetime of headaches. So I said, no, sometimes, come on, listen, we underestimate the cost of things. It's not just a $5 turtle. It was fights with my son, and I wasn't willing to pay the price. I'd say this way. We live right now in a society and a culture where drug addiction, pill addiction specifically, painkillers is off the charts. In this city that we live, it is off the charts. Some of you in this room are battling pain pill addiction. You are wrestling to get free. And in your mind, you think like it's only $40. I can afford $40 for a Percocet or I can afford $40 for for some oxycodone. But I want you to know something. Sometimes you underestimate the cost. Like that's not just a $40 high. That might end up costing you your family or costing your career or costing your life. You got to ask yourself a question. Is it worth it? Is the high worth it? Sometimes, man, it's easy for us, like in the society and culture we live, that just tells you, like, like you, got, you got to figure out relationships before you get married. Like, you may not fit with that person. Sexually, it may not work out. So, like, you got to be able to sleep with them and, like, just, like, do your thing. And I'm just telling you, you might think it's not a big deal to have sex with somebody outside of marriage. But you got to understand, sometimes we underestimate the cost because sometimes sleeping with your boyfriend and girlfriend might end up with them pregnant. You might end up with an STD. If nothing else, you are guaranteed to end up with a reputation. Isn't it crazy the world we live in, especially? in high school, listen, students, that they make fun of you if you're a virgin, but then they tell you that you're a whore if you sleep around. It's a lose-lose situation unless you do it God's way. It's worth it. Like we walk through the stores and we see all of this shiny, neat new stuff, all these electronics, and we're tempted to buy it even though we can't afford it. And we see the price. They never put the price. They always put the payment. It's not a $2,000 70-inch LCD. It's $43 a month. And people are like, I can afford $43 a month, but you got to remember, listen, we always underestimate the cost of things because it's not just a $43 a month payment. Now you've invited financial stress in your life and financial stress in your marriage. You got to ask yourself, is it worth it? Come on, is it worth it? We don't, don't underestimate the cost of things sometimes, and this is really the point of Jesus, is we underestimate the value of things. We underestimate, man, what some things are really worth. What does it cost? What is the price of a note card, some ink, an envelope, and a stamp? A buck? Because I have letters from some of you in this room who took five minutes of your time and put ink to paper and cost you a dollar 
and it changed my week because someone took time to send an encouraging word. Sometimes people serve and they help their neighbor. And man, we don't understand the difference that it makes. Come on, men, going to buy your wife roses. It might only cost you $39.99, but the value of it, oh, it's going to get some payback. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Everybody shout, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? And so, man, like some of you here, maybe you're wrestling because you're saying, wait a minute, so you're telling me that I got to pay for a relationship with God? Jesus isn't teaching that we can purchase salvation, but that while salvation is costly, it's worth it. See, salvation's free. Yes. Costs you nothing. But serving God will cost you everything. In fact, we read in, in Ephesians chapter 2, here's what Jesus tells us. Jesus tells us this. He says, God saved you by his grace. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we've done. So none of us can boast about it. He's saying you can't earn salvation. You can't be good enough to get salvation. You can't exchange enough good deeds to get salvation. You can't be smart enough. You can't serve enough. You can't do enough. God makes it available. It's a free gift. But what we find out about this free gift of life change, of who God is, what we can experience with him, by him, and through him, that again, sometimes we've got to make the choice that we can't have both. And I'm just telling you, like, I'm not preaching at you. I'm, I'm in this game myself. There are sometimes I put a price tag on something and I, and I walk away with intimacy. And sometimes we wrestle with which one do we want. And Jesus keeps bringing us back saying, listen, sometimes you're going to have to pay a high price to know me. And you're going to have to pay a high price to follow me. And you're going to have to pay a high price to discover me. But he's saying, man, it's always worth it. Don't undervalue the kingdom. Don't undervalue knowing your creator. Don't undervalue his grace. Don't undervalue, man. It's worth it. Come on, say it. It's worth it to know Christ. It's worth it to walk with him. In fact, Apostle Paul, he says it this way in this discussion on cost and value. Philippians chapter three, we'll get ready to wrap this up. He says, I once thought these things were valuable. He's talking about his life before his walk with God, before his relationship with his creator. He said, man, I once thought this stuff was it. Like I thought that was my identity and it was worth it. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else. Counting it all is garbage. He's saying what I've decided is if I've got to choose between titles and, and profession and money and people valuing me, if I've got to choose that and God, I'm choosing Christ every time. He is worth it no matter what the price. He's worth it. Listen, when you discover he's worth it, it makes life worth living. He's worth it. So I want to close. We, we've not shown many scenes other than going into the message. I want to show one scene as part of this message. It's in my favorite of the series, um, The Last Crusade. If you've not seen the movie, The Last Crusade, Indiana Jones, he's on the pursuit um, for this, this thing they call the Holy Grail, what they think is the cup that Jesus drank from at the Last Supper. And if you've seen, if you've seen the movie, like they finally find where it's located and it's been guarded by this Knights Templar and they're back in this cave and like they get there and there's all these cups on this table. And they have to decide which one is the right one. And the idea is that if you drink from this cup, you'll have eternal life. 
And this one Nazi guy that's kind of driving the search and forcing Indiana to look for it, he sees this one cup and it's gold and it's studded with diamond. He's like, that's, that's got to be the cup worthy of the Son of God. And he dips it in water and he drinks it real quick and like, like he ages like 100 years in two seconds and melts to a pile of dust. And then there's this iconic line from the Knights Templar, he has chosen poorly. Like we can see that. That definitely went sideways on him. So then Indiana Jones, like he's looking at all the cup and he realized that Jesus like came to serve. And so like, it's this really simple wooden cup. He's just a carpenter's son. And so he picks, he's like, this has to be the one of a servant. And he takes the cup and dips it in water and his dad's been shot and he goes and pours it on his dad and his dad gets healed. Well, they realize they can't take the cup out of the cave. In fact, this, this scene you're about to watch, one girl, Elsa, who's with Indiana in the search, tries to take the Holy Grail out of the cave. And here's what happens. See, I open with this question. Would you risk your life to find treasure? There's a lot of us in this room, man. This is us. Like we're reaching for something and man, it's not worth it. What you're reaching for isn't worth your life. What it's costing you, it's not worth it. I know it's attractive. I know it's shiny. I know it's relational. I know it's money. I know it's a career. I know it's all these things that this world tells us is worth it. It's not worth it. And what's crazy is we've seen other people pay the price and said, we'll never do that. And here we are, we're doing the same thing. Just like Indiana watching Elsa saying like, you can't reach for it and she does and dies. Then Indiana makes the same reach. Is what you're reaching for worth your life? And I love it, man. This, like in the middle, you got to hear all this crumbling and like Indiana's dad, Sean Connery, that accent, Indiana. Like some of you, my prayer this whole week is that you would just hear the voice of your father in the middle of your reach, in the middle of what you're trying to get a hold of, that you would hear the heart of God trying to bring into perspective what's really valuable, that there's some stuff you're reaching for that's never worth the price you're paying. And there's something about a relationship with God of knowing him, loving him, serving him, and being a part of who he is, and him a part of who we are, that's always worth it. Jesus is worth it.